For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. This is Shy. This is episode two of Believing Grizzlies. So for me, I like to talk to women in sports. My mission is to bring more visibility to women and elevate their voice. So this one woman, her name is Amber Vickers. I met her in Clubhouse. So we were talking, I forgot what we were talking about. And she got up on stage. She was very knowledgeable and she sounded way better than most of the guys who were speaking. So today I have Amber on the show. Welcome to Believe in Grizzlies, Amber. How you doing? I'm doing good, doing good on a Tuesday, rough morning, but I, I made it through. I'm really, really excited to talk about sports. It's been a while since I've been on a podcast. I think I was on Mike's podcast last, um, talking about football, but it's been so long. So I'm very, very grateful to be here with you this evening. I really appreciate it. Can you tell my audience a little bit about yourself? Whew. I'll make this short and sweet. I currently work for the uh, NFL Films. I'm a production assistant, a field operations production assistant. So if we have certain shoots and things like that, I go out to the field and I'm a production assistant for uh, many different things that we do at NFL Films. We do a lot at NFL Films. I'm currently living in Philadelphia, but I work in New Jersey. I'm from Oklahoma City, so you might hear that little Southern Midwest twang in my voice. We were talking about there before we started recording. Uh, football is probably my first love. It's my passion, but since I'm a woman, I played basketball most of my life, and when I played football, after I hit puberty, my mom said no more, so I went basketball full-time. I just love talking about sports and I, and I really miss doing it. I just don't have the time to do it. But when I got invited to be on this podcast, I just said, I got to do it. So that's just a little bit about me. So what was your position when you play basketball? Everything. My coach was like, Amber, just do, just do whatever. It depends on the offensive set. We will run. That's the position I would play, but I've played, I play a little, little bit of everything. And so how about Amber? I'm only five, eight and a half. So I was down there banging with girls that were six, two, but I could jump. Like I was a really strong jumper um, and I had really strong legs. So when you're smaller than 6'2", 6'3", plus players, it's all about leverage. So I would just use my leverage. So I tend to believe if I was like four inches taller, I probably would have been good at basketball, but I'm only 5'4", so, you know, they didn't work out. It's okay. You know, it's okay to be small. There are a lot of good small players playing basketball. It's okay. But I'm, I'm only 5'4", though, so... You that's know. okay you have to sometimes you just got to go out there and give it a shot so we were talking so you um work in NFL films 
Yes. You have to go to the Super Bowl. I did. I did. I went to LA. I was out in LA for eight days. Who? What an experience! You have um, to tell me briefly about the experience because that's seems so exciting to me. It was. It was very exciting. And Super Bowl day was very exhausting. We started at six a.m. Super Bowl day. I didn't get done till about nine thirty that night. I was a runner for media. So I ran media cards back and forth for different cameramen and audio. It's a lot of work. It's hard for me to describe, but just know that I was a runner for media on Super Bowl day. Super Bowl week, NFL Films does a lot of different podcasts and interviews, top 100. Uh, we did something called FCM and podcast. We did the Disney spot at the end of the Super Bowl. I'm going to Disney. This world, this time it was Disneyland instead of Disney World, of course. So I ran a spot for that actually for Super Bowl Day. And you just do different shoots. We I was downtown at LA Convention Center helping out with that. Then I was on on our site, which was our media site was right in the parking lot across the street from SoFi. I met some great people. Mm -hmm. uh, the halftime halftime show was amazing. Oh my goodness, it was so amazing! I was about to ask you about that to kind of watch it <laughs> up close and personal. I couldn't feel my ears after the halftime show. It was so much bass, and when you're on the, I wasn't necessarily on the field. I was in the tunnel, mm -hmm. which is close enough. That bass from that halftime show was ridiculous. But I think that was a brilliant, brilliant halftime show. Um just seeing the behind the scenes stuff that we have to do, ESPN has to do, NFL Network has to do. It was just beautiful to watch. And I saw a lot of women in sports out there as well. I was just so busy working. I didn't get a chance to like introduce myself because I was just so busy and trying to embrace the environment I was in while also trying to do my job was very difficult for me. <laughs> so I did see a lot of women in sports though. Like people that I followed on Twitter, I saw, I was like, what? It was, it was crazy. I love the experience, so. I'm really uh, happy you got, got a chance to have the experience. Okay, so let's get to the NBA. So, did you watch the Grizzlies versus the Spurs last night? I did. I did. I did. I caught most of that game. I really did. Wow. I bet you're happy. You're excited. Memphis, what? you got something to be excited about. Well, what was your... It's just like, I'm just so excited that I get a chance to cover John Moran and yes. young Grizzlies. It's yes. just so it's an excitement. I'm just gonna be real with you. It's just like I lost my dad um in December, right before Christmas. And he, you know, he had COVID and we had to have his funeral like right the day after Christmas. But I can tell you right now, watching these Grizzlies and I'm still like dealing with the loss of my dad, but it's helping me cope. You know what I'm saying? It's helping yeah. me cope. It's helping me cope really good because it's just like, I always got something to talk about, things to that nature. But like in the early days, it was like really, really hard. And, you know, January was hard because it was his birthday. But it's just like writing and covering these grizzly has really helped me. It really has. So what was your favorite moment from last night? I don't want to sound too, I don't want to sound so cliche because Twitter, you know, gave away everybody's probably favorite moments, the two favorite moments. 
But I, I don't want to say it was a moment, but it was the matchup. I love seeing DeJounte Murray and John Morant go at it. Two young point guards, two very rated, underrated point guards. They're probably, John Morant's probably closer to the MVP than he is most improved. But I think that DeJounte Murray should be in that most improved conversation. Uh, the numbers that he's put up this season has been remarkable. He's an all-star this year, first time all-star. Shout out to Coach Pop for finding that little diamond in the rough. But John Morant, I loved him in Murray State. I, I remember watching them in March Madness, and I fell in love with John Morant at that point. Because, you know, they, they weren't showing Murray State games on TV. That was, what, three or four years ago? But now they're showing them on TV, of course. Sounds familiar. They, yeah, so you didn't get a chance to see him unless you watch March Madness. That's what makes March Madness so beautiful. And I saw him, and then I saw how, how he was going up draft boards, and I was like, okay. Well, if New Orleans takes him number one, when we found out New Orleans was getting that pick, I said, that might be good. But they took Zion and I said, okay, Memphis, you got the number two pick, what you gonna do? And they drafted John Morant and then they just kept getting great draft picks. You got Jaron Jackson Jr., who I call JJJ. You got Brandon Clark from OKC, of course. That was OKC's pick and they sent that to Memphis. You got all these pieces coming together. You got slow-mo, which is Kyle Anderson. I know you know slow-mo. He came from pop in that system. Then you got Dylan Brooks. Taylor Jenkins just brings all that together, and it's beautiful to watch. Desmond Baines, probably one of my favorite Memphis players. I watched him a lot at TCU. Of course, I went to OU, so I watched the Big 12 a lot. And they have drafted so well. And here they are What their one game back of – Golden State, or are they a game ahead of Golden State for that third seed in the West? They're, they're one game back of, of the two seed. Wait, okay, one game back of the two seed. Okay, okay. They're number yeah. three right now. Okay, they're number three right now. Okay. So, oh, yes. Okay, so it's Phoenix. Golden State. Warriors. Warriors. Okay. So, there's seven games back of Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Some Okay. You see that and you're like, wow, that's beautiful. But that DeJounte Murray and John Morant matchup intrigued me all night long. And John Morant just had one of them nights. And he's been having a lot of those nights, but he just got in a zone. And once he got in a zone, it was pretty much over with. So you stood and told me your favorite moment. I don't, okay, I'm gonna be cliche, okay? Don't when be he, cliche, just be real. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the full court heave from Stephen Adams for the halftime buzzer beater. Okay. I like, I like that moment. That was my favorite moment. When he hit that baseline jumper, I said, Ja, stop it. When you hit a shot like that, you know it's your night. Right. Exactly. <laughs> because he's at the post game, he said that he may never hit it again. <laughs> I I think that was probably one of my favorite moments. Of course, everybody's favorite moment is when he had the poster dunk. But I'll, I'll take the, the heave from Stephen Adams and the shot on the baseline because the level of difficulty for that was higher than the posterized dunk, in my opinion. So and then favorite my, moment. my favorite reaction is the reaction like from the dunk and then from um, the baseline shot, the reaction of the bench and the reaction of the people around them. Because their eyes was like, what? Wow. Did you just do that? They just like, wow. And Pirtle, I felt so bad for him. 
Oh, baby. I mean, it happens. You know, people get really? left on. It's, because, know. like, after it happened, it's just like the crowd was, like, silent. It's like they were in shock. Like, did we just witness this? And then, like, afterwards, point four seconds left on the clock, Stephen Adams throw the heave, and he catch it and throw it up, and it goes in. I'm like, wow. It's just, it's just mm-hmm. un- unbe- unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, he's, oh, he's amazing. You said something about um, the most improved player. I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you, should John Morant be in the MVP conversation? Some people say yes. Some people say no. Some say he shouldn't be the MVP because when he was injured with his, his knee injury, mm-hmm. um, the Grizzlies were 12-2. and two without him and then with him the Grizzlies are 13 and 8 31 and 18 so what you think about that situation should he or should he not be an MVP conversations I think he should be I, I think he should be now we can't help that Memphis has a great team around him now we can make that argument for a lot of players I get it I know what you guys are going to say John Morant but if you take John Morant off Memphis for the whole entire year, what do you have? You yes. know, what, what do you have? But they don't always give it to the most valuable player. We've seen that in the past, right? Right. We've, we've seen them give it to mm, record matters, which Memphis has the record. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes... I, I've said this before, conference matters. People think the West is tougher than the East. Mm-hmm. And I see in the West, I can only see three people going to the, to the finals, maybe four, um, in my opinion. But John Morant is must-see TV. Like TNT just flexed in the Memphis and Boston game on Thursday night. He has improved his jump shot so much because his first year in the league, people were going underneath the screen second year in the league he improved his jump shot it's more consistent it looks more fluid he has to be top five MVP conversation he has to be in the top five with their record what he's been doing he has to be in the top five right I mean Joel Embiid yes Giannis yes you can't ignore what the Joker's doing uh, DeMar DeRozan but John Moran is right there Right. And there was a conversation on Twitter that he's been the best point guard this season. Now, you know, people are going to say, oh, Steph and Trey's numbers and Steph's numbers and, you know, all these other people's numbers. But as far as the MVP goes, I would have him in my top five conversation of MVP. That's me personally. Along to Dylan Brooks. Okay. So Dylan Brooks is scheduled to return um, soon. Do you think a healthy Dylan Brooks would be a difference maker for the Grizzlies come playoffs on? Because last year um, in the playoffs, he scored 25.8 points per game, 4.2 rebounds and 2.2 assists. And I think he had like 1.5 steals or whatever. Because it's like, I see games where I think that they miss Dylan, like with their half court offense, it's not really there. Because like, they're a fast-paced team. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, 
they have to get up and down the floor really quick for the defenses are set. And that's how they get their most points. But like in the half course offense, they just sometimes they just I don't I don't even know. But Dylan Brooks can create his own shot. I think that it will help them. And then like playoff Dylan Brooks is a different animal because he played out his mind when they, you know, faced a Utah Jazz um last playoff, because he averaged like uh 51% from the field. And that's unheard of with Dylan Bruce, because you know he either go he he neither here nor there. But everybody said we they need that villain aspect of him, and they want him to do good. So what did you think? Would he hurt hurt them or hinder them during the playoffs? I love his edge. I, I love his edge. Now I will admit this: when he was in college, he played at Oregon. They played the University of Oklahoma. They played Buddy Hield. Either was Elite Eight or Sweet Sixteen matchup. I'm not quite sure which one. I didn't like Dylan Brooks then, right? Because of course he was playing against my Sooners. He got to the NBA and he brings that edge to Memphis, right? John Morant is that energizer bunny. He's that he's that guy. He's that entertaining guy. Dylan Brooks is that edge. Do you need Dylan Brooks? Absolutely. If you want to go to the finals, do you need Dylan Brooks? Yes. Yes. He is one of their most important pieces. Now he does have a hot and cold streak to him. But the one thing you're going to get from Dylan Brooks is defense. That is the one thing you're going to get from Dylan Brooks. He is going to lock up. He might go two for 20 from the field, but he's going to make those plays that you need to win a series. So if they want to advance and go far in these playoffs, make it past the first round, you definitely need Dylan Brooks. But some people will say, well, would he take the shot from um, Jaron? Would he take shots from Desmond Bank? Would he take shots from everybody else? But to me, sometimes it's just like when you see them on the floor, when Ja is on the bench or whatever, sometimes they don't know how to get shots, but Dylan does. He creates his own shots. And I think that they're really going to need him. And he said Taylor Jenkins taught him how to pass the ball to everybody. He don't just try to take over as much as he used to. And I think with him sitting and watching, I don't think he wants to you know, mess things up. I think he's sitting and watching to see how he can be better to help the team. Dylan Brooks is important. And to me, in a playoff series, what he brings, I don't think anybody else can bring. Mm -hmm. Everybody has that one guy that's going to get in somebody's face, right? Right. It's going to cause some havoc. You need that on your team. These young Memphis Grizzlies are... (laughs) They've been talking noise. They've been backing it up. People haven't been liking it. So what? Get over it. You go from grit and grind to must-see TV. I mean, it was a crazy transition because after Gasol left and and Zach left and Tony Allen and Mike Conley, you're like, okay, where's Memphis? Where's Memphis going? Right? You're like, okay, where are they going? And then they get this young quarter together. And all of a sudden, they're winning basketball games and people aren't liking it. I just don't understand. If they're young, they're going to talk their noise. Dylan Brooks talks a lot of smack. He'll clap in your face. Right. You know what I mean? He, he does a lot. I mean, he was doing that in college, you know, as much as they let you do it in college. But he was doing that in college. I think his game has improved a lot. I think he understands his role with Memphis. And I think that's the most important thing in the playoffs, especially. So right now, are the Grizzlies the best show in the NBA? 
Yeah, I would have to say, yeah, they're the best show in the NBA because <laughs> you, they're young. And, you know, LeBron, the older players have been ruling the NBA for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Golden State, you know, LeBron, whatever team LeBron's on, you know, KD, whatever team he's on, those older players. But now you're getting this young generation. You got the LaMelo Ball, Trey Young, uh, Ja got Devin Booker, you know, the Joker, Joel and B youngish, um, Lonzo Ball. I like watching the Bulls team play. You know, they have a mix of young and old. They are very fun to watch because <laughs> they don't care. They, they, they don't, don't fear. They don't fear anybody because they, they don't care. Like, they don't fear. They yes. feel like, well, I can play just as good as you. So, I mean, who are you? I respect you, but hey, I'm going to try to beat you every time I see you. Yeah, we can be friends and smiling, but it's a ball game. All I want to do is win. Exactly. And I think they're, I think Taylor Jenkins should be in the running for head coach of the year. Exactly. He should be. He, he, he definitely should be. Because I had Memphis in the playoffs this season, but I didn't think they were going to be vying for a top four seed. I mean, sheesh. All right, that, all right. No, a home court, home court advantage in the first round but it's a lot of people say well like okay so last night you know people don't like when the guys you know like they out there having fun they playing for each other mm-hmm. they get along um like one through 15 i mean everybody get along jaw is the star but it's just like he just jaws to everybody else so people's like well they be dancing and you know doing all this and that and whatever and that's disrespectful and then, like, when Patrick Beverly, you know, when they lost the other night to Minnesota, mm-hmm. Patrick Beverly comes and they not dancing and things of that nature. But other fans, fans are getting mad. They was like, well, somebody said, well, why they not, dan- why they not uh, dancing when they lose? I'm like, uh, why, would they, why would they dance and be all happy when they lose? They lost. But people don't say it when LeBron James do it. They don't say it when these other players do it. But these young kids do it. They out there having fun. What you expect them to do? You want them to be like sad? And then it's just like, job, be shoot with a smile on his face. If people don't want to see, there's a changing of the guard happening in NBA. There's, there's a change happening in the NBA. And this is, might be a hot take, but I saw this on Twitter and I think it's true. This guy said, Tom Brady and LeBron James are done winning championships. And Tom Brady retired. Not too long after I saw that tweet, Tom Brady decided to hang it up. I mean, he has seven. What else does he have to prove? Right. But then you still got LeBron playing the way he's playing at 39. Um, at 30, well, no, he's what, 37? 37. 37, 37. In year 19, I'm sorry. Year 19 at 37, you got him playing the way he's playing now. And people are like, Hmm, is LeBron done winning championships? But I think the NBA is changing. I think these young guns are coming. Giannis won him one. Devin Booker got to the finals last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Toronto was a little, little, old. well, Kawhi was, mm, he's like six or seven years in probably when he won with Toronto, but they had a good young mix because they had Pascal Siakam. Yeah. And they had Fred Van Fleet. They had a, a young mix of players when they won that championship. The Miami Heat are young. They got, they got some mix with some veterans in there, but they're young. So it's the changing of the guard. And people don't want to see that. I, for one, 
love the young guns getting in there and causing some chaos. Um, because I get I to see the same people win the championship. Yeah, I, I loved it. Like I love that Milwaukee and Phoenix played for the finals last year. Right, and I, I'm tired of seeing LeBron. I'm glad LeBron came to the West. I'm tired of seeing the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors in the, in the finals. I was tired of it. Yeah, and really you, it'll be the same people. And then, same, it's like, when you see, to me, when you see different, well, people's gonna say last year playoff, the playoff not gonna be the same seeing LeBron and them got put out. But you know what? They still was talking and then watching the playoffs. <laughs> That's funny. That is that is hilarious. But it's a changing of the guard in the NBA. The young guns are coming. The Atlanta Hawks made the Eastern Conference Finals last year, which which right. are young. So I loved every minute of it. I loved it. I love that you're seeing these young young guys getting this experience really early in their careers. You don't have to wait six or seven years to go win you a championship. Why not win now? What's wrong with winning right now? Nothing. Your first five years in the league. What's Nothing wrong with that? Nothing at all. It's just people don't want to, people want to see the same thing. But then you have other people who are like, okay, we want to see the Memphis. We want to see Phoenix. We want to see Dallas. We want to see Denver. You know, we want to see these young teams get to the finals because it's more intriguing because you kind of see there is no one dominant team. I don't think there's one dominant team in NBA. Phoenix has the best record in the league. We understand that. Right. Um, Clay has come back for Golden State. He's missed the past couple of games, but you know, he's he's pretty much back for Golden State. The Lakers just Anthony Davis can't stay healthy. So then you got Utah, you got Denver, you got Dallas, you got these young teams in Memphis, of course. You got these young teams in the West, and you're like, whoa. Minnesota as well. And Minnesota has has come along because you got D Lo and Cat healthy at the same time. And Anthony Edwards is just amazing. You look out west and you like, okay. Now, we know a healthy Lakers team, when I say healthy with the asterisk on it because they can't seem to stay healthy, can be very good. But do I think that this Lakers team currently constructed can win a championship and come out the West? No, I I, I don't. People might blame Frank Vogel. People might blame Russell Westbrook, LeBron, AD, whoever you want to blame. I don't think this team can win a championship currently constructed because I think teams there are teams that are better than the Lakers. Right. <laughs> so you got the young teams coming along and you got the NBA changing into a younger league. People want to see something different. I'm people. So <laughs> that I hope exactly. that answers that. I, I'm just, that's just how I feel right now. Exactly. So who, who, who you have for the NBA finals? Oh, goodness. <laughs> It's a hard one because yeah, that's that's tough because we, know, so we just wait to see because we know the playoffs gonna be fire. There's like 19, 20 games left in the season. I know Memphis has 19 games left left you in know. the season, and the playoffs are a different animal because the game slows down. Slows so down that's why I was talking to... about the uh, the half court uh, mm-hmm. offense for the Grizzlies. Ugh. Yeah, they're gonna have to clean that up to win a playoff series because Phoenix can run a half court set with Chris Paul. Golden State can run a half-court set with Steph Curry. Dallas can run a half-court set with Luka. Denver can run a half-court set with the Joker. So you got to look around you and say, okay. Because if you stop job, you need the other players to step up. Yes, you do. You absolutely do. So when you look around the West, Taylor Jenkins is going to say, okay, 
who do we match up best against? Now I'm going to ask you this question because you're a Memphis Grizzlies fan. Who do you think Grizzlies match up worst, the worst or the best against? Give me both. It's it's hard to say because it's like Dallas, you know, they real they scary. But, you know, it's like the, the time like they just really killed them was when um when they had uh Por- Porzingis. Mm-hmm. he's gone and then like he was just like a nightmare for them then like when they won before Memphis had the game but John in place so I just don't know what Dallas team they would face but I think that first round is going to be tough regardless of who they face and then Denver they scary I, I just don't know but like if the Grizzlies play Grizzlies ball I think they'll be fine but Luca, he hasn't won the first round series yet so I don't know He's hungry. Yeah. And it just seemed like everybody hungry. And, and then, like, with the Grizzlies, when they lost against Utah last season, you know, they was like, they'll be back. And then I think they're going in and just like, hey, we can't lose again. We need to win a playoff series. So we, we, we will see. I think it's going to be um, – it's going to be exciting. And like you said, I just don't know who's going to go to the finals. It's a way and see for me. Yeah, it's it's tough because in the East, I'm thinking about the East here for a little bit. Mm-hmm. If Kevin Durant and Kyrie are healthy full time, I, I don't see anybody beat. I just don't see anybody beating the Nets in the East. What about now, the 76ers? That, that's what I was getting to. I live in Philly, guys. So if you guys are in Philly and you're listening, okay. Joel Embiid is going to get his. He now has a guy in James Harden who can also get his, but can also facilitate. Mm-hmm. I loved Tyrese Maxey at Kentucky, and I love Tyrese Maxey now. How did the heck did you fleece James Harden from the Nets, which I think trades worked out for both teams, right? and not have to give up Maxey or Thibault? I'm trying to figure that out. <laughs> I'm really trying to figure that out. Duramori, let me know what your philosophy is on that. But I think both teams want to trade, like I said before. Milwaukee is going to be there. I think Milwaukee is going to be there. Miami, the Miami Heat and the Chicago Bulls are two teams. I expected Miami to be in the top four, but the Chicago Bulls, I mean, DeMar DeRozan. Wow. Wow, DeMar. So in the East, it's a little shaky. It's a little dicey because the Nets aren't healthy. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant will be back and he will be Kevin Durant. Kyrie is doing his thing. So the mask mandate has been lifted in New York. Will be. But he's still so Kyrie will. They're going to let him play. Come on now. Come on now. You know they're going to let him play. There's, there's some things in place where he still might not be able to play at home. I think it's crazy, but you know. They're going to lift that. They're they going to do that. You know, they gonna, it's money. It's all about money and politics. You know that they're going to let Kyrie play. Kyrie will be playing in the playoffs. Trust me. Oh, trust me. Yeah. It's, it's gonna happen. That'll be crazy if he can't play, you know, play off home games. Games. That's what they're, they're not gonna do that. That's wild. So the East is up for grabs. The West is also up for grabs. So that's why I don't know finals predictions. Because years past, we were like, okay, we know who's going to the finals. Like we know, okay, Golden State and whoever team LeBron's on. But now it's like, hmm, we don't know. We really, we really don't. We really don't. But I know some say, yeah, this, that, and the other, but 
if you watch these teams, it's like no one team is really dominant, dominant. You got another team that can possibly come in there and beat you in a seven-game series. Yeah. But all I hear, you know, from people, well, Memphis going to be a first-round exit. They're going to be a first-round exit since they playing and all this and that. But, okay. Okay. I don't see I don't see that. I don't see that. Even though the game slows down, I see Taylor Jenkins being good enough to make those adjustments because you have to adjust. Right. And, they, I mean, he's been really good of in-game adjustment because it's just like sometimes they will be like – playing crazy in the first half, then the second half, they go, you know. But sometimes it's, it's about lineups. I mean, I think when they get Dylan Brooks back, I think, like, things is going to really, you know, go up to another level. And see, that's the thing with you guys, too, with, with the Memphis Grizzlies. You haven't been healthy all year, but you guys are still finding a way to win. <sighs> that finals is the one. Be- the one constant has been Jaron Jackson Jr., whether he's playing – bad offensively or not he's still been good defensively and it's just like he's been the one constant he only missed one game this season one game wow that's that's important for for Memphis to have him he's knocking down his perimeter shots more consistently uh that pick and roll he's gonna play defense really really going to the basket more efficiently Mm -hmm. than he was oh yeah he was like early in season he was just shooting like all those threes but he's you know using you know his body and he's going to the he's just been playing aggressive aggressive you know uh grabbing rebounds fighting for rebounds more uh since they came back from the all-star break because i think he was slighted because he didn't get a chance to go to the all-star game it's okay young fella keep working right keep, because he's working like, he, he saw desmond and jaw there and he wants that so i think he's going to try to improve his game so he can get there Absolutely. And that's what it's all about is getting better year after year after year. Cause this is his healthiest season, isn't it? This yeah. is the healthiest he's been. Right. He missed one game this season. One game. So that that's pretty darn good. And they and have uh, 19 games left. He only missed one game. I'm, that's what I like to hear. I don't like when young guys miss games. Like when Joel Embiid was out with his back, when he first got to the league, mm-hmm. I was like, man, I want to see Joel Embiid play. You know, I want to see him play. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. is coming back. They said mid March for Denver. Yeah, I saw like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Murray is coming back too. And, and Jamal Murray will be back. Yeah. I don't like to see them young guys suffer injuries so early, but you you bounce back quicker when you're younger. You bounce back a lot quicker, so you rather see it young than older. But I want to see their I want to see them blossom and see that full potential. So I'm glad Jaron Jackson's back. I'm glad Brendan Clark is back as well. So. We get to see that that dynamic. That dynamic on defense is scary. You know, I love Steven Adams. You know, being okay, okay so Thunder fan. Like, yeah. stop at the end of the game. Like, yeah. yeah, that's that's gonna be really scary for them. I don't see them as a first round ex. It'd be surprised. I would be surprised if they lost in the first round. That would shock me. Yeah, they say top four I, seed. That would shock me if they lost. In and the then first it's round. like you, it's just like people just can't imagine how the FedEx form, well, Jaws house, is going to playoffs. You just well, I'm ready for that. I'm ready for well, it. I'm just saying, it's just like, hearing it on TV is fine, but when you're actually there, it's just like a whole nother level. And then they start playing with that trick or whatever, it's just a whole nother level. Oh, we all love that movie, don't we? Um, 
it's I mean it's it's, it's another level when the playoff because every game is so it like you know the first round the Grizzlies like top four they're gonna have like three games in Memphis possibly well four, wait a minute is it four, four games four. possibly yeah. and then you don't want to go to game seven but if you have to do have to go to game seven that's gonna be in Memphis. It's gonna be sold out every game. Woo! They gonna have those towels waving, and they gonna be towels in there waving. rocking. They gonna be in there rocking, and it's gonna bring back old memories of that grit and grind, right? Those grit and grind days. Yeah, now, the really city of Memphis, was, you know, deserves it. It's Grizz Next Gen now. Oh, that's what you calling it, Grizz Next Gen? Yeah, that's I like what they it. Call it Grizz Next Gen. But I like Grizz it. Next Gen is DNG. Okay, get it? Is is DNG? Oh. Oh, that's right. I yeah, Grizz next G is G&G. Oh, just brings back so many memories of me right. watching them. Oh, man. But when small market teams do well, it just warms my soul because Oklahoma City Thunder are a small market team. And those small market teams don't get the free agents that the big markets get. But when it comes to playoff basketball, you do not want to play in those arenas. Let me tell you, you do not want to play in those arenas because their fans bring a special type of intensity to the game. And those young guys, especially in Memphis, are feeding off that energy. That's going to be beautiful. I'm, I'm eager to see who that first-round matchup will be against. So another question I want to ask you since you brought up the small market. Why do people insist on, for guys like jobs, Dame, um, Bradley Beal, for them to go to big market teams. But Giannis, he was like, nah, I'm staying in Milwaukee. He won a championship last year. And then at the All-Star game, he was talking about how, you know, with Ja, he he really wants Ja to stay in the small market and win a championship because he did. You know, because people say, well, you need to go play with this guy, that guy, and um, you need to, you know, join forces with, you know, other superstars or whatever. But it's just like the small market. People, well, some fans want people to leave those markets. Well, he'll be better off or whatever. But like, I think the organization, the Grizzly organization, doing a good job of building around job. Portland didn't do that for Dane, uh-huh. but you know, they got some good young pieces now. But mm-hmm. when the small markets do right by the player, why would the player, you know, want to leave? But you know, if he want to leave, that's that's on him. But if he wants to stay, why they why do they get pushed back from the media and from fans? It's the media perspective. Like people want to see people play for the Lakers or the Knicks why? or the Celtics. Why <sighs> the Knicks or the the Knicks? The Knicks haven't been really good for a minute. Why? I know. I know. That's why Kevin Durant went to Brooklyn. Small market, and then <laughs> I think that's just really devaluing, you know, because like, then nobody want to come to Memphis and play with John Morant. If John Morant wins people are going to be trying to come to Memphis because they're going to want that. Yeah, but you know, people want the glamorous, the New York lifestyle or the Miami lifestyle or the LA lifestyle. People, the media portrays bigger markets. They get more TV time. We know it's all about money. We talked about this before. Mm-hmm. They get more TV time. They get the money. They have the money. They have the cap space. Right. And 
do you take a pay cut and stay with your small market team? Or do you go to a bigger, well, it depends on if you make like all NBA, you get like the super max. I think Giannis got the super max to stay with a Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Or do you go to a larger market team and get the coverage and might have to take a pay cut and, and play alongside of another superstar, but and not get that not same work. feel. Yeah. Love and it. not get that same yeah. love and feel as a small yeah, market. Longevity, continuity and yes. that nature work. Because mm-hmm. like things look good on paper. Yeah, they do. But when you actually get together, does it work? That's true. And so I'll use somebody as an example. Russell Westbrook, right? Mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook was with a small market team, LKC. He, James Harden, Sergi Baca, Kevin Durant, they went to the finals when they were very, very young. They played against Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. They just ran against the Miami Heat team. It, LeBron was clicking on all cylinders and it was, it was tough. And then he goes to Houston and plays with his buddy, James Harden. It doesn't quite work. And he goes with the Wizards. He didn't stay healthy, but when he got healthy, you kind of saw Russ. And he goes home to LA and it's not quite working the way we want it to work, but he had his best years in OKC, but OKC went a different direction. They went younger. Now you see the young, your young guys running OKC, which makes sense. I understand that. I get it. That's small market love. Russell Westbrook will never have love in a big market like he had in OKC. I can promise you that. I can promise you that because those Oklahoma City Thunder games, tickets were very hard to come by. I mean, they sold out of everywhere. And Oklahoma's a football state. And he got so much love, even when he left, because it was a mutual agreement, because we all know what direction Oklahoma City was going in. They were going younger. It was just a mutual respect between him and the fans and Sam Presti. Dame, Dame is loyal. People probably think Dame is loyal to a fault, but he will never get the love somewhere else like he gets in Portland. Never. That'll never happen. I even say that about LeBron. LeBron will never get the love. The love that people have for LeBron in Cleveland is uncanny. Now, people love him in L.A., but look who L.A. had before LeBron. Kareem, Magic, Jerry West, Kobe Bryant. Like, that's hard to live up to. So that small market... Brian fans, they still don't like LeBron. Even though he's a Laker, they do not like LeBron. Even though he helped the Lakers win a championship, they still don't like LeBron. It's nothing like that small market love. It's nothing like it. And can I confess something on your podcast? I haven't been able to confess this. Go ahead. Go ahead on, girl. Go ahead. I confess that I thought that Giannis was going to leave and go to Miami. I thought he was going to leave Milwaukee and go to Miami. And I also confess that I didn't think he could win a championship in Milwaukee. And he did. He proved me wrong. So congratulations to Giannis. I thought he was good as gone. I thought Mike Budenholzer was good as gone. I thought Giannis was going to be gone. And boom, he wins the championship in Milwaukee for a small market team. So I think Giannis is there to stay. I think Josh will stay in Memphis. He is Memphis. Like, he's going to stay in Memphis until Memphis decides they want to go in another direction. That'd be another, what, 12, 15 years from now. So, John Moran is Memphis. So, Memphis, you got a good one. On that note, thank you for uh, coming on the podcast with me. 
I really appreciate it. We had a really good time. We did, we had, of course. Yeah, time. Look, we're gonna have to come back for the playoffs. <laughs> you already know. I'll, I'll be back. I'll be watching the playoffs as much as I can. And uh, I really, really am looking forward to these matchups in the playoffs and who actually makes the playoffs and play in. That's gonna be interesting. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I will talk to you later. Holla. All righty. Thank you. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.